Hey everyone, welcome to episode 45 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. As always, this is your weekly Wednesday break to reconnect with the topics we are discussing here at the Hospital Church. Thanks for joining us, and please share our podcast with family, friends, anyone that could use some words of encouragement uh, during their week. Last week, our conversation was entitled Little Things Matter, where we decided that, well, little things matter. (laughs) Don't despise the small things. Being faithful in small things, little things, makes us trustworthy for greater responsibility. You can catch that message in our mobile app or at our website, hospitalchurch.org. So... Now that we've got that out of the way, let's jump into this past week's message, which was our first installment of our new series, The Road to Resurrection, which was entitled Triumph in Tears. This is one of two? One of two. One of two. And actually, I don't know, I kind of thought this message was a little unnerving. Uh, Interesting. <laughs> just for the fact that, I don't know, anyone that hopes to you know follow and serve Jesus, proclaim the good news, I don't know, what are we missing that maybe should be crystal clear? Because when you listen to this message, the disciples, uh, you know, you quoted early on, Andy, from Luke chapter 19, concerning <laughs> the picture that Jesus painted for the disciples about this upcoming trip yeah. to Jerusalem. You're going to Jerusalem, and this is exactly what's going to happen. They're <laughs> going to capture me. They're going to, Romans are going to spit on me and persecute me, and I'm going to die. And three days later, I'm going to rise. And they missed it. <laughs> it seemed pretty clear, right? I mean, and it was like, and you add on to that that you know, ultimately, you're fulfilling prophecy here. Yeah. So this is not something they wouldn't have have heard about or known about. And you know, the words that you that were quoted from the the verse says, "As you know, we're going to Jerusalem, and when we get there, all the predictions of the ancient prophets concerning the Son of Man will come true. He'll be handed over to the Romans to be mocked, treated shamefully." And spit upon. They will whip him and kill him, but on the third day he will rise again. So this seems like so utterly descriptive and like broadcast in high definition or <laughs> speaking about as clearly as you could. It makes me wonder two things. What am I missing? <laughs> <laughs> Why did the unfolding these unfolding events as he describes them take the disciples so off guard? And then okay, what am I missing today mm-hmm. that I should really you know, the writing should be skywriting, crystal clear. It should be written on the whiteboard here behind us. It should be sitting on my screen. Things that Jesus wants me to know, Like, but like the disciples, I just don't see them or I so grossly misunderstand them. I'm way off base. Yeah, well, you know, in, in this text, it says that with understanding their significance was hidden from them. So there's somehow being it's made a little blurry for them. Yeah, my wife calls it white noise. Yeah. <laughs> she says whenever I talk, it's like my kids they just they just hear this like the old Charlie Brown things. It's all like wah, 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 wah. <laughs> they don't really listen. They don't really hear it. Maybe that's a part of what was going on here. For your yeah. wife, it's the kids. No, the well, it's for me too. Yeah, because okay. <laughs> I know yeah. where it comes in at my house. <laughs> well, our our tendency though is to, is to do this. I mean, to, to not. We think we think okay. What what am I missing? Kind of thing. What what could what could be out there that I'm not seeing? And it's it's really can be chosen blindness that we, that we that we just start we're not thinking about. I love when people ask me a question about something. You know, is it okay for me to, or should I should I be involved in? Oh. And where scripture is just absolutely clear. I mean, it's just like do not or do. <laughs> and I mean, and yet they're they're saying, well, you know, would it would be well, why not from you know would I be okay to? It? It's like. It's clear. You should be able to see that. And so I think part of the question we think about what's what are we missing is what are what are we choosing to close our eyes to? Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think you know it's uh, this hall was written after the fact, right? Because mm-hmm. we have Luke writing this what thirty. 30 years later. It'd be hard 20, to write history years. before the fact. Exactly. So, 
so anyway, so it's written afterwards. So you know how it is whenever you you miss something and you kind of go back and you go, oh, if I had just heard that part, even though it, it registers now in your mind, it, you start to think, oh yeah, that was that was there. That was I did. Well, I even noticed especially that. for preachers, yeah, uh, who are looking at a Bible story yeah. that everybody knows. And and yet you you read it again this time you think oh my why didn't I see that I haven't ever seen that before you know that's a, that's a new angle or something a new understanding and so we, we do have blind spots that's what I call blind spots if we could see them they wouldn't be called blind spots mm-hmm. well <laughs> the, the reason I say that it's not Luke writing a diary it's not right. like he's writing right. this down day by day yeah he researched and he, and I think that was probably a research point that he mm-hmm. he went back to the disciples did you not see this coming yeah. Yeah, actually, we did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think that what you just kind of said about people coming and talk to you as a pastor, you know, I think that makes perfect sense. We're assuming that, you know, you have all the answers, and you probably do. Uh, No, I don't. uh, (laughs) I'm clear on that. Oh, got it. Uh, But, you know, it's almost like you're looking for affirmation from someone who you deem to be spiritually or morally or I don't know what. Right. Well, people, well, More, yeah, they they want to they want to think that somehow we can set it straight with God for them. You know, like, like I I shouldn't have done this, but you know now that I have or I'd like to do this, is there a way I can get around the rule? Uh, you know? And you're saying that that's, <laughs> that's, that's not going to work. Doesn't work. Okay. All right. Well, that's you know that's good to know. That's good to know. File that one save away. You some, save, it'll save you some trips to see me, Randy. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And a little humor is always good. And I like how Jesus tasks the disci- the disciples with requisitioning the cult. Oh, and, that is just you know, amazing. Oh yeah. By the way, if anyone asks, <laughs> just tell them the Lord needs it. <laughs> and you know, I don't think we would probably get away with that these days, uh, more than likely. No. But the description that he that he goes into in these in these texts about the hopes and the dreams and the hard work of the disciples you know they're finally believing that all the stuff that they've thought all yeah. the things that they had in their <laughs> mind of these, you know, the riches, the power, the prestige of the inner circle, all this is about to pay off, right? Three and a half years. They're, yeah. they're at the they're at the three and a half year point theoretically, right okay. close to that. Yeah. And so they're like, okay, well, and, and on occasions earlier they've had this attitude of like. Step forward, Jesus. You know, take a little credit. You know, get yourself in the spotlight. You need a, you need a PR marketing firm here, you know, pushing you to the front. And so this day, finally, finally, they can see there's there's a possibility. You know, kind of thing. Yeah, like maybe this is all coming. You know, coming to fruition. Mm-hmm. But that seemed to me that hit a little bit close to home when I started thinking about it, wondering. Well, what do I believe about Jesus and his role in my life or in our church, maybe our denomination? But really for me personally, and in this is what I believe really true or something I've created in my mind like them that I want to hope, want, or desire Jesus to be rather than what he knows, you know, mm. he knows what it is. The disciples were with him daily. They're listening to him speak, you know, like we outlined before, clearly discussing these these things that they got wrong. And I'm thinking, well, what chance do I have? I mean, if they're there in the moment watching him with, with the crowds. Jesus in purpose, in person. You know, and I know that hindsight is twenty twenty, and it helps critiquing, you know, well, you know, if I had been there. But I wonder, what what am I missing personally about Jesus that I should be just going, wow? Because if, they'd, if they would have realized what he was talking about, I mean, they'd have been as excited as we are when we, the way we understand it, right? Wouldn't right. they have? And, well, in light of this week, uh, talking about the resurrection coming up, uh, the, when you say, what, what am I missing about Jesus? 
to ha- to have a consciousness that he was dead and he is now alive is a is a pretty a pretty big deal. So how do you think that changed them? That was the other thing. It's like once they go through this and you, you know, we kind of went through, well, of course that maybe that is that next week. Yeah, I don't want to, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting into it. Okay, well, you were, why don't you just speak this week? <laughs> <laughs> but that was the other part I thought, you know, and maybe we find that out next week of how this really changed them after you deal with, this is what I built up. This is what I thought. And oh man, is that it? Is that yeah. what I missed? That, that, that to me, it's just, it was the whole internalizing this, thinking to myself, what is it that I'm missing? Or am I, maybe I'm not, well, I don't know. And the contrast between, well, this is, this happens on a Sunday. We have the whole Holy Week and then crucifixion, burial. And part of the resurrection story that we'll talk about this week is, is the devastation of that Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that, that, it is over, whole plan's gone. You know, all the interest we had was for naught. This we've been duped. Uh, all those kinds of things, and yeah. and to think about the resurrection in the light of the darkness of Saturday is really, I think, a, a key to seeing the brightness of the resurrection. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, just to go back a little bit on this topic, I think the piece that was missing, especially as we look forward now to this next week in um, my sermon, you mean what the piece that was missing? No. Oh, no. <laughs> Just checking. I'm, I'm only, I'm I, only I thought, responding. There, there's always something missing. I'm, I'm only responding to Randy's question. <laughs> but um, but no, the the part that I think was missing was that they are, they were only seeing it from their own perspective. Yeah, yeah. They could only see through their own eyes that this was you know this was a remarkable time for them that they were going to that now Christ was allowing them to actually, you know, put palm branches down and let let him be king. You know, they they're saying, "Okay, we're on the right side finally." Yeah. We're on the side that's actually going to work, that's going to actually triumph. And Christ wasn't there. He was matter of fact, he was seeing things that had to do with the whole family. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole family of God or all of his children, not just those that professed him as king. So he's seeing this, you know, he's seeing Jerusalem. He's seeing the devastation that's that's going to take place. So in his eyes, he sees more than just this little band of people. He sees some of his children not following him. He sees some of his children not coming around. And that's hard for him to see people destroyed yeah, from I, their own choice. That, for me, one of the revelations working on the sermon last week is that yeah, the whole idea of of Christ's love for His child, yeah, and His children. So he, here's Jerusalem. Here's the children of Israel, the chosen people. Not because they're better. Not because they're more holy. Not because they're they're special in the sense of oh, they're some, born right. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. It, it, and they're, they're special because they're the family tree for Jesus. Yeah, um, that's it. They, they've already fulfilled their role, really. <laughs> and so, and so that's really important to me to think about how much how much Jesus cares about His kids. And us now being part of that family. I mean, everybody is. The whole world is. And that he he longs for them not to walk away. Yep. He wants that. He he he's pained by their chosen ignoring of him. Yeah. And uh, that's, I just think that's pretty cool about him. Mm-hmm. Well, and maybe we should look at it from the perspective that we actually have the advantage over the disciples. I mean, sure, they were there. They talked. They and now walked, you know the rest of the story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but because you do know the rest yeah. of the story and you see all these different things. I mean, when Jesus is overlooking the temple, you know, I thought, well, okay, you know, here we are how many thousand years later and what is our temple? Mm-hmm. You know, what do we hold out there that's, you know, beautiful to yeah. us or that's 
you know, the people, as they looked over the temple, they all thought, wow, look, you know, Jesus comes to and looks, and all of a sudden, they're expecting this awe of reaction, the light shining down on the white marble and this glorious picture, and thinking, man, this is it. This is the culmination of everything, and now we're going to, I don't know, it almost felt like we're going to pat ourselves on the back, or we're going to take our lapels and tighten them up a little bit and straighten our shirts, and boy, look at look at what we've done, or look at this testament to who they thought mm-hmm. the kingdom was about on earth. And I thought, you know, what do we what do we put out there for ourselves that we that maybe something good, mm-hmm. but that we put out there in front of ourselves that we're missing another piece of that question? What are we missing because we're looking in the wrong place? Often it's not something bad. It's yeah. more likely something good, and it, it it can it can just sort of blind us to what we should be seeing. Um, you know, it, it, it it has to do with really pride and humility in my mind. The pride of human achievement. The pride of of the temple. In that yeah. case, but our pride in our human achievements now, as opposed to humility that says, "I'm going to let God be God." Yeah, yeah and I think too. I mean, obviously, well, hindsight's twenty twenty, so we can't put this on the disciples or anybody else that was following them back then, because I'm not sure if I knew what I if I only knew what I knew then, you know, and right. I'd probably do the same thing. But but the disciples did see it. That's the thing. They saw it later. I mean, it took them a while. Sure. But they did go through that, and I think that's the piece that they eventually they didn't miss it. They missed it then, but they didn't miss it later. And I think that's the part that you know Christ was all was all about. He was helping the disciples failed big time when it came to the crucifixion. Yeah, the disciples missed out on so many other things that could have happened, maybe differently. We don't know, but they saw what they saw and they did what they did. And then later on, we see the rest of the story, which is nice. They went through that, and I think that's a blessing for us because yeah, for sure. we're going to get it wrong many times, most of the time, mm-hmm. well, and, and who, we get a chance to see down the road that there's redemption. And who thought that something that majestic would be so temporary? Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, mm-hmm. Jesus said it, but that was what really struck me about it was that this is something that was so temporary, and yeah. and, and, yeah. and, and he just said, you know, the, the stones are not going to be left on top of another, and yeah. you know, and he's describing again what's going to happen. And so yeah. and I guess it, as long as we continue on, we, we will eventually get it. And you have the same crowd yeah. you know, six days later <laughs> yelling, crucify him. Yeah, that's yeah. the part that's so fickle. <laughs> yeah. It's such a— Don't, tr- uh, don't trust the crowd. That's yeah. right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know you're on the wrong path. Well, The, the rocks might have actually been better. Yeah, the, rocks, <laughs> the rocks could have been dumb after that. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, the piece that probably or the part of the story that maybe impacted me the most was the sorrow that Jesus displayed— I don't even know how to describe it, just boldly or anguish, anguish, soul wrenching. He was wailing and he's in the midst of this huge public (laughs) throng. He's in front of thousands of people and he doesn't care what people think of their king. And that just, that just sent chills down my spine that Jesus will declare his love for us. Even when we reject him, even when another week later, they're going to cry, crucify him. And the pain that that caused him was maybe never more evident than right there, maybe at the crucifixion. But these emotions and these words that describe his loss because of this rejection, it just, I I think it should bring out in us a a true understanding and admiration and of of his love that is so hard to describe. But right there to me as a man and in that, you know, that male dominant society, even yeah. more so then to just to be in that position and mm-hmm. to have all that adoration. And then you're there weeping like a, like a child mm. over people that, like you said, they're going to, they're going to be the ones calling for you the next week. And right now they're praising you. Yeah. And he didn't take the opportunity to take the praise, but 
but he mourned the loss before it even happened. That's just yeah. really real evidence of his love your enemies. He knew the the, the change of the mob, the change of, the, right. of their of their thinking, and so the whole idea that he could love them that kind of passionate love this moment and knowing what's coming from them later on. Yeah, that just really hit home. Um, and as we kind of start to wrap things up, our final FHC takeaways this from this week was. And I, I had a hard time picking one because they were all really, really good. But the one that I found that maybe we could all most relate to, or at least for me, maybe, maybe it was just me. Jesus found a comfortable place to be in Mary, Martha, and Lazarus' home. Where's your comfortable place? Mm-hmm. I mean, we mm-hmm. all want to have a comfortable place to go when we need rest or we need to get away from things. Or yeah, and think of, and think about your comfortable place for your spiritual enrichment, exactly, as opposed to your comfortable place to just let down <laughs> your hair. I mean, yeah, for Jesus, I think this was both. But I think oftentimes we, we 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 all can use a comfortable place to be able to grow spiritually and be ourselves and be able to ask hard questions and have our doubts and be a safe a safe zone. Yeah. yeah, and I I was thinking about it because we were uh, working. We're in the midst of a couple of prayer rooms, my wife and I, and we had done a station called Java with Jesus, where it's basically challenging you to fill in the blank. Mm. Jesus, if you were to speak to Jesus like you would your best friend at your local coffee shop, eatery, whatever your place is, you know what what questions would you ask mm. and what conversations would you have? And I immediately thought about that in the course of your spiritual walk and where is your comfortable place. So mm. if you have something that you do that gets you comfortable and able to talk to Jesus and to uh, work on your relationship with him, we'd love to hear that. You can share that directly in our mobile app. Um, or you can text 407-965-1607 or email podcast at hospitalchurch.org. Easy, speezy. And to wrap it up, we like to make things complicated as Christians far too often. And obviously this tradition goes back a long way. But I want to leave you today with a reminder of Andy's closing that I invite you to take to heart and keep close to your chest always. Opening the door to Jesus isn't some complicated formula of special secret knowledge. It is simply saying, Jesus... I invite you in so you can do what's needed in my life. And it doesn't get a whole lot more difficult if we don't make it so. So as always, thank you for joining us. All, All new episodes are available Wednesday to Wednesday. And if you haven't downloaded the church app, please do. Just go to iTunes or the Google Play Store and search for Hospital Church. This week, upcoming will be part two. Road to the Resurrection, Road. too good to be true. Too good to be true. So this week was amazing. And if you haven't gone back, please do go to hospitalchurch.org and you can watch that. Or right here in the Hospital Church app, you can watch that message and catch up. And uh, do that in preparation for next week because you won't want to miss that. So until next Wednesday in episode 46, this is Randy for Andy, Jeff, and Tom saying thanks for joining us and we'll see you then. <laughs>